welcome to the Wixpa Podcast, your home for free audio features, shows, and interviews, brought to you exclusively from the Warring Consolidated School of Performing Arts. Welcome to the first ever podcast for Wixpa. This is a new endeavor for us. Uh, we're just trying this out, and we'll see where it goes. Hopefully down the road we'll be able to bring you guys some behind-the-scenes information, some interviews with students, staff, and guest artists. Uh, perhaps get into some of how we do theater and, and some discussions about that. Um, but today we're going to actually do a little performance for you. So what today is, is a radio show. We're doing some clips from shows and commercials from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. You're going to hear the actual words, actual scripts from those commercials and television shows, or not, sorry, excuse me, radio shows. Uh, but of course, they've been recast using students and levels two, three, and four to do the voice work, as well as the sound effects have been recreated and found and made from students in Wixpa as well. So we're doing recreations of um, work from 50, 60 years ago, 70 years ago. So we hope you enjoy it. Um, hope you see it for what it is. It's supposed to be fun. And uh, we'll start you off with a piece by Flash Gordon, superhero extraordinaire. Enjoy. Presenting for the first time on radio, the amazing interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon and Dale Arden. These thrilling adventures come to you as depicted each Sunday in the Comic Weekly the world's greatest pictorial supplement of humor and adventure. The Comic Weekly, now printed in 32 tabloid-sized pages, each page in full colors, is distributed everywhere as a part of your Hearst Sunday newspaper. Racing high above the earth, comfortably seated in a giant airliner, Flash Gordon, internationally famous athlete, looks admiringly across the aisle at Dale Arden, the lovely young companion of his air voyage. The minds of both are intent on the terrible destruction which for many months has been approaching the Earth with terrific speed. The new planet hurtling through the space directly in the path of Earth. Suddenly, there's a violent jar. The plane lurches into a spinning nosedive. Flash Gordon's trained muscles carry him across the aisle to the frightened girl to gather her in his arms and then leap free of the falling plane. And pulling the ripcord of his parachute, glides down to Earth. Don't be frightened, Dale. The plane is crashed. We're safe. Yes, thanks to you. Hold fast. We're landing now. Careful. Easy. Ugh. Are you alright, Dale? Yes. Good. Oh, look, Flash! There's a large steel door! It's closing! Why, that's the laboratory of the great scientist, Dr. Hans Zarkov. He's coming this way. I'll call him to help us. Zarkov! I hope you'll pardon us for breaking in on you so unceremoniously. Doctor, but you see, we had to bail out. I see you for what you are. Spies! Come to steal my secrets! But I have the answer for that. Come with me! Put that gun away, Professor Zarkov. The man is mad, Dale. We'll have to humor him. All right, Professor. All right. We'll come with you. Cut down this ladder! Into this tower! Down, I tell you! All right, all right. There now, we are in my rocket ship. And in ten seconds, we will be on the way to the new planet! We will all die! For science! <laughs>
Flash, the Doctor is mad. This rocket ship is breaking away from the Earth with the speed of light, right into the path of the new planet. Hold tight, Dale. We'll escape somewhere. To the new planet! Ha-ha! <laughs> the new planet! We three will save the Earth! Dr. Zarkov, there's still time to swing your rocket ship out of the path of the new planet. No, no! <laughs> that would kill you. Gain for science if you're all killed in the crash. I know who you are, Flash Gordon. The world's greatest athlete. But your train strength will not save you. Only my mind, the mind of Zarkov, the scientist, can save you. Can save any human soul upon the Earth. Oh, Drive, he's reaching for the controls. Stand aside, Dr. Zarkov. Feel it! The gravitation pull of the new planet! We crash in five seconds! <laughs> the rocket ship hits the planet. Dark Dr. Zarkov and Dale are thrown from the rocket ship unconscious. Flash is thrown clear of the wreckage and lands on his feet, uninjured. He rushes to the side of the unconscious girl, picks her up, and starts to carry her towards the distant towers of a city on this weird new planet. Suddenly, strange soldiers armed with ray guns appear, and capturing Dale and Flash, force them to come with them to the throne room of Ming the Merciless, Emperor of Mongo and Supreme Ruler of the Universe. Oh, thou indulgent Ming, most merciless majesty of Mongo, supreme ruler of all people of the new planet, thy slaves salute thee. Good. Ming shall want the earth people. Thy slaves obey, O Ming the Merciless. Get your hands off me. I'm no slave. I'll meet your emperor as a free man and an equal. So, earth man, you are a free man and my equal. Throw him to the red monkey man in the arena. I would be forced to make this free man my equal. There is thy freedom, earth man. Now you go into the arena to meet the red monkey men of Mongoid. Don't worry, dear. Emperor Ming, I will show you that I, a free man from the earth, are more than a match for your brainless red monkey men. Flash reaches the bottom step leading to the arena. He leaps and swings at the nearest red monkey man. Then grasping the fallen man beast under the armpit, Flash whirls him around in a flail, knocking the others in all directions. Emperor Ming, fearing that his monkey men will all be killed, orders his soldiers to destroy Flash with their ray guns. In the midst of confusion, Princess Aura, the beautiful young daughter of Emperor Ming, calls to Flash. Quick, brave Earthman, this way. Here, to my balcony. Flash leaps to the royal balcony and joins the gorgeously jeweled princess who commands the slaves to keep back while she takes Flash through a secret door and into a passage leading to a private elevator. The two get in and Aura closes the door and presses the switch. Who are you, beautiful maiden? I am the Princess Aura, only daughter of Mer Ming the Merciless. Princess, I owe you my life. You are brave and handsome and strong. You must not end so young. I have never seen anyone in my life, Earthman. Where I come from, Princess, there are many stronger men and better looking. But tell me, Princess, where are you taking me? I am taking you to the private landing frame of my own rocket car. There you will be safe. We have arrived, Earthman. Get in this rocket car. No one can harm you here. But Princess, I don't... 
Hurry, hurry! But Princess Aurora, how am I to rescue the Earth Girl, Del Arden? That is why you are in my private rocket car, Earth Man. Why, what do you mean? Dale Arden can never be saved by you. But Princess, I... As for you, Earth Man, you shall love me or die. Meanwhile, back in the palace, Emperor Ming is talking with Dale Arden. Your companion, Flash Gordon, has escaped, but not for long. My men will soon capture him. What are you going to do with me, Emperor Ming? You are pleasing to me, Earth Woman. You will become my wife. Never! I don't love you! We men of Mongo have no human traits. No love, no mercy, no kindness. Whether you love me or not makes no difference. You shall become my wife as soon as the ceremony can be arranged. Your Majesty! Look into the spaceograph. Our city is being bombarded by the space gyros of the Lion Men. The Lion Men? Order the entire space fleet to the attack! In the terrific battle which takes place between Emperor Ming's space fleet and the gyros of Lion Men, the attacking gyros are driven off. The rocket ship in which Flash Gordon had been held captive in is destroyed, and Flash is thrown to the ground unconscious. He opens his eyes to find himself staring into the great bearded face of Thun, Prince of the Lion Men. Thun lets his great sword fall as he sees Flash Gordon's white skin. Who art thou, white-skinned youth? Speak, answer me before I cleave thy white body in pieces. Art thou a new kind of soldier of Ming the Merciless? I am the sworn enemy of that friend, Emperor Ming of Mongo. He has captured a girl who is from the Earth like myself. I live only to rescue her. An Earthman, thou sayest? Yes. And an enemy of Ming the Merciless? That's right. Tell me, are you friend or enemy? I am Thun, Prince of the Lion Men, hereditary enemies of the men of Mongo. If thou would accept me as thy friend, Earthman, I would gladly join thee against Ming the Merciless. Here's my hand on it, then. Prince Thun. Good. What is thy name, Earthman? I am called Flash Gordon upon the earth, your highness. Call me Thun, friend, and I will call thee Flash. Friend Thun, do you know how we can gain admittance to the palace? that we may rescue Dale Arden? Come, I will show thee a secret way into the palace. Good. The Emperor Ming is away pursuing my gyro fleet. We may be able to rescue the Earth Girl before Ming's return. Flash Gordon and his powerful new friend go first to the escape gyro of Prince Thun, and there they gaze intently into the thought projector in which they not only see Dale Arden captive, but they also have revealed to him a secret way leading into the throne room of the palace. The secret passage is known as the Tunnel of Terror because of the deadly beasts which lie within its gloomy walls. Fighting each step of the way, Flash and his new friend Prince Thun finally find themselves within the palace. A door with great steel bolts stands before them. Quick Thun, the door must lead directly to the center of the palace. From my memory of the palace, I should say that beyond this door is the great throne room of the Emperor Ming. All right, then. Here we go. 
Ah, there. You're right, Thun. Is the throne room. Yes, the great statue before us is the god of death, which stands at the top of the altar steps, directly behind the throne of the emperor. Listen, Thun, what's that? By the great god Pawu. It's the royal wedding procession. Ming the Merciless is taking another bride. Long live King Ming the Merciless. He's coming up the altar steps, Thun. I'm going to look around the idol. To look around the idol means death. Thou must not... Come back! Come back, Flash! Thun, save yourself! I'm going to rescue the Earth friend, Dale Arden. She's being forced into a marriage with Ming the Merciless. Prince Thun of the Lion Men does not save himself at the expense of his friends. If thou must die, I will die fighting with thee. Dale! This way, Dale! Ta-dam! This way, Dale! Down this passage, Earthling, and as fast as thou can run. Quick, you! They're swarming up the altar steps. Help me topple the idol over on them. Now! One, two, three! With a grinding crash, the giant idol topples over the onrushing soldiers of Ming the Merciless, killing those in front and throwing into confusion the whole company. Flash Gordon and Prince Thun, with Dale in between them, dash into the secret passage beneath the idol. The way becomes steeper. They slip and fall down, down a hundred feet or more into a whirling underground river. They're swept along down a raging current and over falls into a lake. The powerful strokes of a champion swimmer, Flash sets out for the shore, towing Dale by the hair. They reach the shore, and as Flash reaches down to drag Dale to safety, she screams and disappears beneath the calm surface of the lake, clutched in two powerful green scaly arms. With no thought of his own safety, Flash Gordon dives to Dale's rescue and finds an adventure stranger than any which had gone before. Follow the thrilling adventures of Flash Gordon and Dale Arden each Sunday in your Hearst Sunday newspaper. You will find them graphically portrayed in full-color pictures in the Comic Weekly. Only in the Comic Weekly can you follow the, es- the escapades of cats and jammer kids, those perennial rascals, or thrill to the adventure of the King Royal Mounted, those clean cantawampus over the bodacious goings um, of a Barney Google. Your old friend Skippy and all his little pals are waiting for you in the Comic Weekly, along with Pinky, Molly, and Pat in their great adventure story, Radio Patrol. And there is Ace Drummond, the Demian Aviator, Johnny Round the World, and many, many others. Be sure you get this big 32-page all-color comic weekly supplement with your copy of next week's Sunday Hearst newspaper. And don't fail to listen again next week to the continuation of the amazing interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon and Dale Arden. Constipation can be a problem for anyone. And when constipation occurs, it's interesting to see just what doctors consider important about a laxative they might use or recommend. Well, a majority of the doctors we heard from had this to say. A laxative should be effective, gentle, close to natural acting, a medicine that can be used with complete confidence. Now, X-Lax has been popular with many doctors and millions of people over the years because chocolate X-Lax is effective Overnight, it helps you towards your normal regularity. X-Lax is so gentle, 
so close to natural acting, there's no upset. That's why many doctors and millions of people use X-Lax with confidence. X-Lax, the laxative that helps you with your normal regularity. Gentle overnight. mystery see if you can solve the case before the end of the program well ellis one more block and you behold the brooks household two whole years jim it just doesn't seem possible it's been so long you and dorothy married with a place of your own ah it's true all right Only too bad you haven't taken advantage of the old Brooks hospitality sooner. Well, I'm here now, and I intend on having a perfectly wonderful time. Well, now here we are. Oh, what a charming place this is. Dorothy's probably on pins and needles waiting for me to get you here. Darling, it's Jim. Here's Alice. (gasps) Jim, look! What? Where? There, on the living room floor. It's Dorothy. Dead. Mr. Brooks, I'm afraid you and Miss Manning will have to submit to some routine questions. I'll be happy to help in any way I can, Inspector. Thank you, Miss Manning. Now, Mr. Brooks, while we're waiting for some information I phoned for, I want you to tell me exactly what happened this morning. Well, there's there's nothing much to tell. Both my wife and I were quite excited, expecting Alice, that is, Miss Manning here to visit us from Chicago. I was to wait until she called me at the office. And you were there all morning? Yes, until Miss Manning's train arrived and we came out here. I had written Mrs. Brooks to tell her that I would call Jim at the office as soon as I arrived. The train was an hour late. Maybe if it had been here earlier, it may have prevented this. Hmm, well, that remains to be seen. Apparently, Mrs. Brooks was sitting here in this chair putting red polish on her fingernails when she was shot from behind. The polish had spilled all over the carpet, and she was still holding the tiny brush in her hand. She must have recognized her attacker, and since she did not die instantly, she printed these three initials here on the floor with the polish. D-O-C. D-O-C. I wish we could tell whose initials she was trying to reveal. You're sure you don't know anyone whose name would fit that? Positive. I can't... Yes, Miss Manning. Can you think of somebody with those initials? Well, I... I, D-O-C spells Doc. And it's Mr. Brooks's nickname. Why, it can't be. Yes, Mr. Brooks? I haven't been called Doc for over two years. It was a nickname I picked up in school. My wife didn't like the name and I never used it. No one in New York even knows me by Doc. You've got to believe me, Inspector. It's not the truth. Hmm, well, that we'll see. Just a minute. Hello? Yes, Grady. Yes. Yes? I see. Well, it's sewed up anyway. Thanks. Well, you both will be happy to know our little murder is solved. Oh, then. It wasn't Doc after all? No, Miss Manning, it wasn't Doc. I'm arresting you, Miss Manning, for the murder of Dorothy Brooks. 
Why did the inspector arrest Miss Manning for the murder of Mrs. Brooks? How dare you arrest me? I was still on the train. Your train wasn't late, Miss Manning. That phone call just verified the fact. You came out here, murdered Mrs. Brooks, returned to the station, and called Mr. Brooks to pick you up. That wasn't what really gave you away, though, Miss Manning. Too bad you didn't know Mr. Brooks was no longer called Doc when you printed those letters on the carpet. The next time you leave a name as a clue to throw suspicion, you'd better get it right. But, of course, there won't be a next time, will there, Miss Manning? Join us again next time for another chance to solve a five-minute mystery. Forefathers went to trading post three long days journey to get powder and shot. Today, I drive my Pontiac to town in a few minutes to see the latest Paris gown. Is this new Pontiac equipped with freewheeling? Naturally. As in synchro silence second? Of course. Is the body by Fishers? Certainly. Well, apparently Pontiac has all the latest developments in automotive engineering. Absolutely. That is why Pontiac today is the chief of values. Another five-minute mystery. An anniversary party is going on at the Brown household around the corner. One of the guests, George Taylor, pauses while eating his dessert, saying, mm, mm, mm. Best lemon pie I've ever tasted, Mary. Oh, really? <laughs> I wish my wife could do as well. Hey, it doesn't look as if Sam is appreciating it much, though. Goodness, dear, is my cooking that bad? Sam, your head is practically in your plate. I guess he's fallen asleep, everyone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Sam? Sam, sit up. It's dreadful, Sam. I better shake him. Sam? Sam? Great guns, he's dead! How do you do? I'm Sergeant Barker, the Homicide Division, and this is one of my boys, Mike Grady. Where's the body? In the dining room, at the table. We didn't move him. Hmm. You might as well be comfortable, everybody. This will take just a little while. Hmm. Dead all right. Peaceful, too. Who's Miss Sam Brown? I am. You mind telling me what happened? I guess not. I'm so shocked. I don't even know where to begin or what to tell you. Well, you might as well begin by telling me what you served for dinner. Well, uh, we first had soup. Soup? What kind? Mushroom, and then roast chicken, green peas, mashed potatoes, and I served him coffee. But I don't see how this could mean anything. Hmm. Just routine, Miss Brown. And did Mr. Brown eat everything? Yes, he did. He seemed to fall asleep over his coffee. Mm hmm. And when I tried to wake him, I found he had a heart attack. Yeah. That will be all for a few minutes, Miss Brown. We want to take a look around. Ah, 
Notice anything about this table, Mike? No, Chief. Can't say as I do. Neither do I. Let's look in this kitchen. An orderly person, isn't she? Stacked dishes after each course. Yes, and here's the silverware over here. Ah, look. Look, Chief. One of these soup spoons has turned black. Black? Let me see it. The only spoon that's tarnished, too. Well, I was beginning to think it was a heart attack or a perfect murder, but this silver soup spoon is evidence enough. Uh, Miss Brown? Yes, Sergeant Barker? I'm sorry to interrupt your little party, Miss Brown, but I'm sure your guests won't mind. Uh, I don't understand. You will, Miss Brown, you will. You see, you're under arrest for the murder of your husband. Do you know why Sergeant Barker accused Mrs. Brown of murder? In a moment, we'll hear the solution. But first, a word from our sponsor. You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy. Let your aching head and stomach hear this message from old Speedy. Alka-Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. Those speedy bubbles relieve your upset stomach and headache fast. For acid indigestion alone, Alka-Seltzer Gold. Oh, what a relief it is. What a relief. And now, back to our story. Sergeant Parker, how do you know it was a homicide? Well, Miss Brown took careful pains to wash the soup pans and soup dishes before she served the rest of the meal. Ah, yes. I can see that. But she forgot one thing to wash the silver soup spoons. What she didn't realize was that an hour later, by the end of dinner, the spoon her husband had used to eat his toadstool soup would give her away. She didn't know that toadstools make silver turn black. Miss Brown almost committed the perfect murder, but she forgot to wash one spoon. today's podcast. We'd like to thank our voiceover talent of Lydia, Mandy, Garrett, Emma Greco, Josiah, Emerson, Michael, Will, Donovan, Cameron, Drew, May, Maria, Amanda, and David Dylan Hernandez, as well as our sound effects crew of Abby and Kathleen. Please follow, like, and share us on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat, and pick out your favorite seats to our next show at Wixba.net. Have a good day, and we'll see you next time.